0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, everybody? Nathan King here from the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Wanted to just remind everybody about one of our great sponsors here on the 24 7 Sports Network, and that is Homefield Apparel. What is Homefield Apparel? You guys are a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis that produces incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs like Auburn and all of their great logos and designs um, that they've had throughout their history homefield digs through the archives and history of your school to find unique logos, mascots and moments to make thoughtful designs for your school obviously one of their most popular collections is the auburn collection now now over 20 pieces in total on their site homefieldapparel.com if you guys were anywhere on social media you you were part of the peacock movement um if you're an auburn fan of the auburn basketball season they've got a great peacock shirt and peacock hoodie that says auburn hoops easily my favorite design of theirs. Um, it's a great, great piece of uh, piece of work for an Auburn fan to pick up to commemorate this basketball season. You guys can still get 15% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com with the code Auburn Undercover. That's all caps, all one word, Auburn Undercover. Please go check it out. You guys love their product, have loved it for a really long time. If you guys have been anywhere in the world of college athletics in the past couple of years, in terms of social media, like I talked about, they have been phenomenal. They've done a really good job of branding themselves and they back it up with a great product. And Auburn is one of their biggest sellers like that new Peacock uh, jacket. I was just telling you guys about, so be sure to go pick that up, get 15% off your first purchase. Again, promo code, all caps, Auburn undercover at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. <laughs> Welcome back everybody another edition here of the auburn undercover podcast on the 24 7 sports network my name is nathan king happy tuesday morning to everybody or whenever it is that you are listening to this midweek episode as we turn the page from auburn's sec opening win over missouri i think we've uh, kind of squeezed that one for all it's worth pretty uh pretty insane game a couple auburn players yesterday were saying that They just had to go back to their dorm rooms and decompress after the game. Robbie Ashford and Keontae Scott both saying that um, they just kind of sat around for a little bit and and really couldn't believe what happened. But at the end of the day, like we talked about after the game, Auburn's 1-0, and that's all that matters. And now they head into um, their first division matchup of the season against LSU, joined here by Mark Murphy and Jason Caldwell. And unfortunately for Auburn heading into this game, um, some more injury news on the offense. Of course, last week they were without TJ Finley at quarterback. We'll see if he can return this week. Brian Harson did say he will return to practice at some point um, this week ahead of this game, but Robbie Ashford is still listed as the starter. But the injury, and everyone was kind of, you know, crossing their fingers. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, Auburn's starting center, Tate Johnson, He's going to have elbow surgery on Thursday. He was injured in the first quarter. I believe it was the second drive of the game, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he is now out. According to Brian Harson, he said it could be season-ending. And uh, that's think that's a pretty fair assessment when you talk about an injury that's six to eight weeks, according to Harson. And so, Jason, they – I mean, it seems like just yesterday we were on here talking about the impact of Nick Brahms. And, and obviously, this is not the same – Tate Johnson is not the same kind of veteran player um, he certainly had a lot of struggles here in the early season, but at the end of the day, now you're on to Jaleel Irvin at center who entered fall camp as your number three guy. Um, and so, you know, a couple a couple injuries already to Auburn's starting center, and so you know, we're gonna see the we didn't see much of it last week in the starting lineup. We didn't see any shakeups after they performed poorly on the offensive line against Penn State. We absolutely will because of Tate's injury. Um, we absolutely will heading into the LSU game and I don't know. And they've, they've been shuffling a lot. Well, maybe, maybe we'll see some other changes, but the big news is that for, uh, for the second straight injury there at center, Auburn, Auburn is uh, has lost its starter and seems like both are, are probably going to be season ending injuries.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not so certain that we see Jalil Irvin, to be honest. Uh, I, I won't be shocked if we see Brandon council at, at center for this yeah. game and, and, and see them do some shaking up on that offensive line and, that's something I mentioned yesterday. Um, I, I think, you know, it, when you look at, at moving forward, um, you yeah, know, I, I'm, I don't, I'm sure they probably didn't like what they saw by the rest of that offense on Saturday. And so uh, when you start thinking about what you do moving forward, um, you've got some options at the guard positions and you could move a guy like Brandon council to center um, because of, not only having Cam Stutz step up and Keandre Jones, but Alec Jackson is a guy that can play all over that offensive line. And, and, and we saw him at guard some on Saturday. Um, you could get bigger, um, you know, by putting a guy like Brandon Council at center. you got Avery Jernigan as well. So there's a few options there at center. But it, it's not 1998 yet, Mark. But um, when you start getting to number three um, at the center position, there's a reason why guys are two and three and not one. And uh, it normally doesn't bode well for the future when you start running down the line, especially at a position like center.
2: Yeah, considering that Tate Johnson was having his struggles out there, um, you know, it's not a good situation because if somebody was playing better than him, he would be out there as the number one guy. And, uh, you know, we've seen him get down to the 16 center before, Jason. Don't think it's going to get that bad, but – it's really going to be interesting to see what they do. You know, Alec Jackson's even taken some snaps in practice before too. And if you want to go bigger, he's certainly an option there, but I like your idea of playing Brandon council there. Cause he's actually done it in college games, uh, back when he was playing in Akron for the zips. Um, and they've got more depth at guard than any position on the offensive line. So it's not going to be a big deal to move council out of the guard spot, I believe. So, uh, and Brandon Council's played more, uh, started more football games than a lot of guys in the NFL. So uh, uh, he is about as experienced as you're going to find up there. So I think he could handle the, the assignment. The big question is how consistently is he going to snap the ball in shotgun formation?
0: Yeah. And you look at the pro football focus grades, which obviously are not gospel by any means, but the lowest graded run blocking. Offensive lineman and the lowest graded pass blocking offensive lineman in that game was Jaleel Irvin, and so I think you know, he had his fair share of struggles when he came in. For Tate Johnson, there, um, obviously, so much of the focus has been on the offensive line. I think Auburn fans are realizing over the past couple of weeks that you can't do much of else if you don't get push there, and you know the, their pass blocking wasn't atrocious against Missouri, but it, it certainly wasn't where you need it to be. Um, but you know, I thought all things considered, and we talked about this after the game. But all things considered, Robbie Ashford didn't have a horrible game. Um, Twelve of eighteen. I mean, did pretty much everything. He could do the biggest thing was not turning the ball over. Of course, you got lucky there um, that that interception fell through the, the defensive backs' hands in the first possession of overtime. But the quarterback situation could change this week. Um, so, of course, like we mentioned, Brian Harson said Finley will practice this week. Um, from everything I understand. And y'all can correct me if you've heard differently, but maybe maybe a little intel for our readers is that our our listeners, excuse me, um, is that he might not be throwing until Thursday or Friday, and so that that constitutes a return to practice. It does, um, but you're talking about maybe just getting a guy in at the end of the week, um, and and you know he he is the better passer. Um, he is the guy I think you you need in this offense moving forward, but. Robbie Ashford listed as a starter on the depth chart this week, Jason. I, I wouldn't, certainly wouldn't be surprised if we go without T.J. Finley again in this game. But like you mentioned a couple days ago, nobody wants to get back on that field more for this game than a, than a guy like T.J. Finley against his former team.
1: Yeah, you know, if you're not back out there till later in the week, then it, it could be a situation which you know, and nobody's told us this, but sure, what it seemed like to me Saturday that that Zach Calzada was an emergency guy that, hey, we're going we're gonna to have him out here, and, and if he's available for in, in an emergency, then then you can have it. You know, Mark asked Brian Harsin yesterday about Trey Lindsey and about him kind of where he fit. Him. He just kind of glossed over the question. Um, but, Trey, Lindsey was getting the third team reps at quarterback behind Holden Garner, and, and Calzado's throwing a little bit. So it looked like maybe emergency. That might be the same situation for a guy like T.J. Finley this week. Maybe, hey, if we need him, then we may have to go to him but you'd probably rather not. I mean, I don't think there's any question that Robbie Ashford is the quarterback heading into Saturday. Um, Now he gets the chance to build on his first start, the most playing time he's ever had in a game. And um, now see what they can add to the offense, because they got to add something. There's no question about that. They've um, got to get more production out of that offense to have any chance. And, And LSU, this is not the LSU of old there's still a much better football team than Auburn played last Saturday.
0: Yeah. Particularly talk about an uptick of talent there on the defensive front, which is going to be a challenge for Auburn's offensive line. Uh, so it seems like Holden Gurner will be the, uh, will be the backup or at least like Jason said, listed on the, listed on the depth chart as the co-backup with, um, with TJ Finley and Mark, you know, he didn't only you know, play a couple drives. drives. Um, it wasn't, exactly the uh the most optimal situation for a true freshman quarterback to be thrown into um in his first game but um he got a lot of praise yesterday from from his from his teammates and from from Brian Harson for just going in there and being able to handle that and biggest thing again not turning the ball over for this offense but Robbie Ashford echoed something we've been hearing all preseason we heard all preseason now into the season um just how good of a passer he is um and just you know how pretty his ball looks when he's, when he's throwing it down the field, Robbie Ashford said, look, he's got the prettiest ball in the room. Uh, you know, myself, myself included. Um, and so, you know, they might, might have to go to him again in, in this game. I, I think maybe you, you wouldn't want to, obviously the only reason, seems like the only reason they did against Missouri was because of that quick kind of stinger injury um, to Robbie Ashford, but certainly seems like Harson, Gerner's teammates are trying to trying to make sure his confidence stays high heading into this game in case they need to use him again.
2: Yeah, I think you're exactly right there. And, uh, you know, I won't be shocked to see him play this week uh, because I'm still skeptical about whether or not T.J. is going to play. You know, considering it's LSU, and where he was the previous starter, uh, I think he would, if he can play, he will definitely try to play. But, uh, you know, the big puzzle to me um, concerning Holden Gurner is not uh, that he played. My puzzle was back in preseason, they had a chance to give him some more meaningful opportunities uh, running the first or second team in practice. It just didn't happen. He was just pretty much an afterthought. And fortunately for Auburn and for Gurner, he was able to go through spring practice and winter workouts and get adjusted to college football. But, uh, you know, still being thrown in there in that situation in the third quarter with the game on the line. That's a lot for a true freshman to handle, particularly a guy who hasn't got a lot of reps at all uh, in practice. So, uh, you know, it was a mixed mixed bag. You know, he threw a ball he shouldn't have thrown out there in the flat that was actually a lateral. And then John Shamriel Schenker built him out and got on it. And then he threw a beautiful pass to Schenker to convert a third down, and Auburn only converted three, and one was by the the (laughs) freshman, a really nice pass. And so uh, I think this kid's got a lot of upside. It's a real good question about whether or not they're going to redshirt him. Uh, He can play three more games and still a redshirt under the current rules. Uh, Auburn's, you know, got eight games left. Uh, That's certainly something to watch, but uh, I like his potential and I won't be surprised down the road he is a starter and your point about Robbie Ashford saying good things about him fits right in with everything else we're hearing about him, Nathan.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for
0: it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Yeah, speaking of red shirts, it is uh it is now that time. There's been four games so far and so you might see some changes here into into game 5 depending on whether or not the coaching staff wants to redshirt certain guys. Um one of those guys is Amari Kelly, Jason. We've seen him in all four games so far and he had a nice uh he had a nice third down conversion there. Yeah, I I would I would drive. bet
1: I would bet Everything I own that we don't see, Mark Kelly redshirt. Um, yeah. I think he's going to continue to see more action, and um, I'm I'm of the mind I'm <clears throat> of the mind I have been for quite a few years now. If I'm a coach of staff, I'm not redshirting one player that can help me win a game. Not one guy because it, it it's too important now. One win is is the difference between keeping your job and and going somewhere else. And um, now if you're if you're playing guys just to play them then that's one thing. But if i got a guy that can help me win a game and right now, Amari Kelly's been in the game in some key situations, him and Camden Brown both. I think you'll see, you know, those guys continue to develop. And, um, yeah, you know, something we've talked about before too, and I'm glad you mentioned Amari, but the wide receiver rotation has to streamline. And we saw it a little bit more last week, but you got to start finding guys that fit in those roles and, and get them the football, um, And, you know, obviously, Coy Moore stepping up was a big deal, and uh, they may have to hold him down in restraints until they kick the game off Saturday because he's going to be ready to roll. Um, But you look at at the productivity at wide receiver right now, Coy Moore, Javaris Johnson, Shedrick Jackson, now Amari Kelly, Lana King. I mean, those are the guys and, and, and Cameron Brown. That's the guys that have been the only productivity you've had at wide receiver so far, and I think you got to roll with those guys now and and you know we've seen a lot of movement out there um time to it's time to settle in a little bit and, and and start to maybe figure out some things to do with those particular players. I think
0: yeah, obviously it's been situational, you know, each game is different in terms of what Auburn does when it needs to be put in a scoring position, but right now they are the only power five team in the country that has yet to have a wide receiver score a touchdown for them this season. And we, and we talked about it earlier in the year, you know, poor Javarius Johnson, a couple games in probably led the, led the country in near touchdowns. He finished it like the three, the four and the five yard line on, on big catches. But you know, you brought up a good point, Jason, you know, trying to streamline that rotation and just get, you know, get a little bit of continuity in terms of what you want to do at wide receiver. We, we see Landon King's snaps kind of fluctuate. I think this past game maybe wasn't the best example because they didn't get into the red zone that often. Um, then you have, I mean, you have Chick Dawson didn't, Chick Dawson didn't play. Chick Dawson did not play a snap um, on Saturday. And you saw Camden Brown play the most snaps he had all season. A couple, a couple catches there for him. But um, overall, it's it's a group that definitely needs to take another, another step forward. But at the same time, it all goes back to the offensive line. All goes back to pass protection. All goes back to trying to get the ball downfield, um, which right now Auburn hasn't done a very good job of in the past couple games. There was another statistic. Speaking of you know, the offense's shortcomings, Mark, there was another statistic this morning from from Bill Connolly at ESPN in a, in a breakdown of that Auburn-Missouri game. Um, the percent of runs for Auburn that went zero or fewer yards was 42.3%. So you're talking a few ticks under half of your, your runs for the game. I believe those were all designed handoffs. I don't think scrambles or sacks are considered there. Um, just another... Just another metric, uh, you know. We've seen a lot of them since the game on Saturday. That on Saturday that speaks to the the struggles for Auburn in terms of run blocking, and this is this is what they want their identity to be. You've got maybe the best running back in the entire conference um, in Tank Bigsby, and when you look at this LSU defensive front, I know um, that Mason Smith losing him after, you know, after that first game for them was a was a big blow. The the five star defensive tackle, but this is still. The best, this is still the most talented defensive front Auburn will see that Auburn has seen so far this season.
2: You know, they line Tank Bigsby up a lot, six yards, seven yards behind the line of scrimmage, and uh, have some of these slow developing running plays. And uh, it puts a lot of pressure on the offensive line to hold their blocks for a couple seconds. And uh, this group is just not getting the job done in that area. And that's why Tank Bigsby can have more yards after contact last week in a the game, then he had total yards, which is a crazy stat, but that's the reality of it right now, and, uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to change things up with the running game, uh, maybe some zone read plays, uh, where the offensive line doesn't have to dominate its guys uh, to get that ball running game going, and, uh, you know, when you got Robbie Ashford in there, I mean, that's something that he does very well, and, I'm curious to see how much uh, they take advantage of that. But also, you know, when you're running Robbie Ashford, um, you know, makes him more likely to get injured. And if TJ Finley's not ready to play, uh, you could see the true freshman in uh, again uh, seeing action. So it's really interesting to see how they're going to attack this LSU defense, which uh, they're giving up, I think, 14.3 points per game. And, uh, uh, they didn't look great on opening night against Florida State, but they, uh, looks like to me, unless she's improved defensively, and really improved everywhere on the team in the last three weeks.
0: Yeah, it's funny. You know, we talked to Ashford yesterday, and um, you know, somebody asked him about pulling back on the blocks a little bit um, and getting downfield. You can just kind of tell that you know, for a guy like that, I, there, there's only so much you can do for um, an in-game situation when you have a competitor. <laughs> Like that. I mean, I was thinking the same thing when he lowered his shoulder on the first drive on a scramble. Um, He's a running quarterback. He's been doing this throughout his entire career. Um, And like Mark said, you're just kind of rolling the dice at this point. You know, we we saw it. We saw him get injured in this past game in his first, like Jason said, the first extended playing time of his of his entire career. Um, That's just the kind of player he is. That's just the kind of player that he's been for this offense. And so if he gets injured again, I think, you know, Obviously, you're going to see Holden Gurner in the game, but I don't, you know, wonder wonder how much of the game planning and how much of the coaching is going to be to him about pulling back on those kinds of situations because that's just been just been kind of the guy that he is. Um, talking about LSU briefly, of course, we'll get into them later in the week. But Jason, offensively, they've improved as well. Uh, I think you know, there were questions early in the season about which way the starting quarterback spot would go. Uh, you know, I wonder how long Jaden Daniels' leash was early in the season. You got a talented guy like Garrett Nussmeyer behind him, but we saw big strides for again. It was against New Mexico, um, but you saw Jaden Daniels have a pretty good game on Saturday. Seems like he's kind of he's kind of coming into his own there at that quarterback spot for them. But you know it's interesting. Derek Hall yesterday said it's it's helpful to go against a guy like Robbie Ashford when you're you know when you're preparing for a guy like Jaden Daniels who, who scrambles out of the pocket all the time and is a is an athletic player at quarterback. You know, I don't think he will be a. I don't think that'll be a shocking player for them to go against. But at the same time, they've they've had their struggles defending uh, defending the passing game, and and Keyshawn Booty is one of the one of the best receivers in the country, and so, um, definitely that defensive front along with the along with the secondary needs to have a really good game, um, on Saturday because it seems like LSU is, like Mark said LSU is kind of picking things up on both sides of the ball really at the right time.
1: Yeah, you look at at. You know, this team and, you know, Jay Daniels guy that played a lot of football. When you start thinking about people think, you know, about Auburn losing Bo Nix. Uh, that's what he was at Arizona State, the guy that started as a true freshman and played, you know, a bunch of games. Now, they've had a, a shortened season a little bit more because of COVID, but this guy's played a lot of football. He's been really successful. And, you know, as a freshman, he had a, a great season. Uh, tried to push the envelope the last couple of years, but obviously that was for a program that had a lot of underlying issues as we continue to see at Arizona State. Um, and he's making the most of an opportunity there. But you look and, you know, Kayshawn Booty gets a lot of the the talk. But, man, Malik Neighbors, the sophomore wide receiver, is, is having a really good season so far. You look at him and you know, Brian Thomas is a 6'4", 200-pound sophomore. Jeray Jenkins is there. I had Jack Bash last year, remember what that true freshman did. Um, you know, he's 6'2", 213, big physical guy. And then you look at them, you know, Amarni Goodwin is a, is a former Auburn commitment, a longtime Auburn commitment. Uh, I think he's kinda of day to day for them, but they got a lot of other running backs, Noah Kane, John Emory Junior. But um Jaden Daniels is the key. And we've seen Auburn, you know, have issues with running quarterbacks with guys that, that can make plays with their legs and, and you know, that's absolutely one of the things to watch on Saturday is is Jaden Daniels getting outside the pocket doing some of that and um and how you deal with it. And and you know, Derek Call and you know, they talked about Robbie Ashford and Kind of having a guy like that. But Robbie Ashford and Jaden Daniels are not the same type of quarterback. Now, they, by, they can both run, but Jaden Daniels is a guy that can throw on the run. He's always looking downfield and doing those things, and, and they'll do some running game with him. But this, the thing that stands out for me Saturday, you got two true freshman offensive tackles. Now, these are two talented guys um, that will be on to get some, some veterans on the outside. But this is the by far the biggest offensive line Auburn will have seen this season, and they may be as big as Auburn will see this season. They are huge with, you know, 325, 335, center at 295, but everybody else is over 320. Um, that's a big d- offensive line for a defensive line that we still don't see um, a ton of rotation from. And how do you hold up against a I I mean, it's a big group, and so – um you know LSU is is kind of like Missouri, but much better in that they got a bunch of different guys that'll touch it in the running game and do some different things. But um, you know for this this Auburn defense, um, can you pick up where you left off Saturday against Missouri and create a few negative plays? That's that's the goal and it's a must.
0: Yeah, I believe I don't know if did you I don't know if you saw this Jason or or had researched it, but it's the first time in LSU history, right, that they've started two true freshmen at the at the two tackle spots, I believe. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's just not normally done really anywhere. Um, we've seen Alabama start one at times, but um, it shows you how, how talented those guys were, that they were able to, you know, and, and LSU has recruited fairly well at the offensive line positions. I mean, they got some guys that that you think about from the recruiting process are names that Auburn people are familiar with. And you think about, I McCam mean, Wires played some games. Marcus Dumerville is a guy that Auburn absolutely wanted to sign out of South Florida. Um, those are the two guys that are kind of the backups at both tackles. And then, I mean, Cardell Thomas is a guy that started, um, you know, as a true freshman for them a couple of years ago and, and isn't starting on that offensive line. So, um, the fact that they are playing is, is pretty impressive because that's an offensive line that has recruited pretty well over the last few years.
0: Yeah. Should be. John Samuel Shanker said it yesterday. I thought it was pretty telling, regardless of who the coach is, regardless of what the roster looks like. He, equates LSU in terms of physicality and talent to Alabama and Georgia. Those were the ones he mentioned Um, because of course it is Brian Kelly's first ever sec road trip. um, Now as, as LSU's head coach, it's the first time for LSU. They they had a similar home stretch. They haven't left the state of Louisiana um, until this game. They played obviously in the Superdome. They lost to Florida state opening week, but that was in new Orleans Then they've had three straight home games. So this is their first true road game of the season Auburn obviously doesn't go on the road until next weekend against Georgia by the way that's a two thirty 30 p.m. Uh, kick on CBS we found out on Monday so appreciate everybody for tuning in to this uh, this midweek episode of course we will get to the roundtable on Thursday morning to talk more in depth and give our picks and predictions for the LSU game which will be 6 p.m. central time Saturday on ESPN barring Barring some sort of change. We saw South Carolina actually move its game this morning because of the hurricane. Um, now logistically they're playing South Carolina State. So that's a little easier when you got somebody about hundred miles away um, just to be able to move move the game up. But we'll see what happens. I know Auburn's obviously prepared for anything. And uh, if they do play, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a rainy day and should be another should be another strange outing in this Auburn LSU series, which we're of course used to over the years. So appreciate everybody listening. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please go leave us a five-star review. Thank you to everybody for watching on our Facebook or YouTube live streams. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next episode this week, we will talk to you all later. Everybody have a great
2: middle of the week.